like to, would you let his word be written on our hearts? You know, there are things that the Lord will, there are things that the Lord will bring to us from his word that at times they are ripe for that moment. Right, you get a, you get the living word of God, and it just speaks right to where you are in that very moment in time. Somebody know what I'm talking about? And then there are times where the word of God comes, and it, it bears witness with our spirit. But it's like, man, I'm I'm not right there. And so sometimes the Lord is planting a word in our spirit that we may need, and in the, and if we if we will receive his word into our spirit, I was having this conversation with somebody that I don't remember who. Um, it's a sign of my age. Uh, oh, I think it was Brother Renee. No, I don't remember. Maybe it was one of my sons. I can't remember. Anyway, I was having this conversation about learning to open our spirit and receive with our spirit. Because when we can receive that which is ministered by his spirit into our spirit, we don't have to trust our intellect or our memory to bring it back to, to bear in its time. We can come into a situation or a circumstance of life, and if it was planted by the Spirit of God and we received and allowed it to be planted in our spirit, then in that moment when it's needful, He can bring it back to bear. And all of a sudden we're like, I haven't thought of that in forever, but man, I remember. And the Word of that's what the Word of God does. That's why the Word of God, it never passes away. The living Word of God. The living, we, can, we can forget things we try to commit to memory. That's because that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and flesh will perish and die. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It's eternal. So if something's born of the Spirit and planted into my spirit by His Spirit, it's eternal. I don't know how it is sometimes. I've shared with you before... Uh, one Sunday morning, I think it was last year, if you were here, you remember me sharing it, I woke up early on a Sunday morning, was talking to the Lord, and in a place of prayer, I immediately went back to somewhere that I was when I was younger than 10 years old. And I, I, it's like I could see myself, I, I didn't have a vision, but in my mind's eye, it's like I could see myself back in this little one-room old house, it was a tar paper house on a farm in Arkansas, with my dad that raised me and his grandmother. She was already in her 90s. As far as I knew, she was the oldest person that had ever lived. She lived in that house by herself. It was just a wood floor. She just had a little old rocking chair and a lamp on the table. It was not fancy at all. The one bedroom had a bed and a quilt she'd made on it. It was just very sparse. But I remember standing there with me and my dad and his, grand, his grandmother. And he was saying, we're going to go pray for Granny before we leave. We just weren't sure how much longer his grandmother was going to live. And I remember us standing there, me, just a little boy. I think I must have been probably either 8 or 10. And uh, I was just there obedient and observing. And as my dad began to pray with his grandmother, the power of God came on that little old lady sitting there in that little rocking chair. And when it came on her, she began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And there was such a powerful move. I, I was just a child just listening, but I, I knew, man, God is doing something here. And I thought, well, this is interesting. And it was just last year, one Sunday morning in prayer. Like I said, if you were here, you may remember me sharing this. 
when I got up that Sunday morning and started praying, the Lord took me back to that. I hadn't thought of it in years. It had been more than 40-something years before. I hadn't thought of it in years. But when I was in a place of prayer, and that came back to my mind's eye, the Lord spoke to me. And this is what he told me. He said, what she prayed that day, I'm bringing to pass in your life today. Now, I don't know what it was. But I knew the Lord reconnected me to that moment some 40 years before. How does that happen? That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It's eternal. Now, that was a long intro. I guess it wasn't an intro, really. It's just where we were. We need to understand that there can be things born in our life of the Spirit of God. This is why Jesus told Nicodemus, marvel not that I say you must be born again. Not enough just to be natural born. You got to be spirit born. Got to be born of the water and of the spirit. And so that's what Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, what do I need to do here? He said, you got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. And so things that are born of the spirit stay with us. And so I said all of that to say this. There may be things tonight from his word that he plants into our spirit that if we're not careful, we'll go, yeah, that doesn't relate to where I'm at right now. But I believe if we'll give an ear to hear, the Lord will put something in our spirit that will be a guarding of our heart for the days ahead. Amen? Genesis chapter 1. Would you go there with me? Genesis chapter number 1 and verse number 11. Genesis 1, 11 and 12. Praise God. Again, thank you for being here tonight. I'm believing the Holy Ghost to do what he wants to do among us. And I'm going to say this, where we start will not be where we finish, but we've got to make the journey. Got to make the journey. All right? So let's make it together. Genesis 1, verse 11 and 12. God said, this is creation, right? God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The herb yielding seed. Everybody say seed. Seed. The herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself. Now in the King James we can lose that. But all he said is the Lord said let there be fruit trees that have fruit that have seed in them that will make more fruit trees. We get that here don't we? You go out there, you can pick an apple off the tree, it's going to have seeds in it, and you can take seeds from an apple and plant them in the ground, and if you got good seed, those, over time, those seeds from that apple will produce another apple tree that in time will produce more apples with seed inside of them. That, Right? That's what he created. And you and I are still eating apples today as a result of it. That's the power of the spoken word of God, by the way. And so that's what he said. Let the seed, that's, that's the seed, the fruit tree, you and fruit, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. God saw that it was good. Um, you know, we spoke a few weeks ago on a Sunday, I think it was, about the seed in the soil. And then we spoke a few Thursday nights ago about the danger of little things. Remember that? I, I'm just sort of stuck on seed and little things. I'm just sort of stuck on seed and little things. 
The Lord is trying to get something into our spirit and some understanding in our spirit as children of God and as people desiring to walk with God in power and authority and victory. So there's some principles of his word that if we'll receive and hold to, they will be life-altering. And it's critical for his purpose to be done. You want his purpose to be done in your life? I do. Amen? So it's seed. Um, Matthew. Let's go ahead and go to Matthew. I'm going to read several places. Usually we sort of read. and Tonight we may just read several places and then exhort. Matthew 13, verse 24. Jesus is speaking. He's sharing a parable here. Matthew 13 and 24. Another parable he put forth, he is Jesus, unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven. Now, anytime you see that, it's worth paying attention. You should always be paying attention when we're studying the word of God and digging and reading the word. But when you see the kingdom of heaven is like, it's pretty important. I want to take notice. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed. Everybody say good seed. In his field. That's a good thing. Watch the next verse, 25. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. One man sowed good seed, but someone else came and sowed seed. It was tares. Who was it that came and sowed the tares? The enemy. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a man that sowed good seed, but while he slept... The enemy came and sowed some stuff. Now, if you're just thinking in the natural, the Lord always used the natural to reveal the spiritual. Jesus was dealing with a spiritual principle. That's why he said the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, we understand, as we talked about a few weeks ago, the word of God is the seed. It's good seed. But the adversary likes to sow seed too. And the thing about the adversary, we know from Genesis chapter 1 or 2, he's subtle. And his approach is subtle. And so he has a way of making his seed look good. And sometimes you don't realize what you sowed until what? It grows. The man who sowed good seed in the parable that Jesus shared here, he did not know the enemy had sowed tares until they came up. And sometimes, most times, we don't know what's sown until it comes up. You with me? We're talking about seed. Seed. I... It's amazing to me how powerful it is in that principle like I shared of the apple tree that God could speak and the seed would be in it and then 
thousands of years later, it still continues, and there's trees all over the world because God said, and it was so. And so we understand that in the natural. I say we understand it. We understand the concept and the principle. I don't know if I understand how that little thing can get in the dirt and something can happen. It can die and break open. It can begin to germinate and can push through the ground. And it can become this tree that fruit. I I don't I can't frame my mind around that, but I, I, I get the concept. I know it works. I have faith. Right. My wife has faith. She plants seeds in the ground every spring. Some come up and produce fruit, and some come up. And it just depends. Seasons, right. Timing. And so um, I'm always the guy like, you know, babe, just write down in the lower valley. There's all kinds of markets. You can just. But she enjoys planting seed and seeing the result. Nurture, it's therapeutic for her. So I, I respect that. Now, so we get seed in the natural. We see that in the natural. We understand. But you and I must understand as children of God, our life is a life filled with seed. Planting and receiving. Our heart is the soil. Our heart is, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but bear with me. And so we are planting seed when we go through our day of some type. In conversation, in interaction, in lifestyle, we are planting seed. If you're a parent and you've got children, every moment, every day, all the time, you're planting seed. I promise you. You, you can be there, not little Johnny or little Sally, and just a few years later, they'll be like, where'd you get that from? My wife could look over at me and say, I'll tell you where they got that from. And she needs to go no further because I know who she's talking about. I planted seeds somewhere along the way. And they were hearing, they were listening, they were watching And seed was planted. Seed. Seed. Now, I can deal with it when Johnny's two or three. Sorry, I'm not picking on Johnny here tonight. I I, got to get a different name. Um, I'm not picking on the young man, the little boy, whatever you want to name him. uh, When he's two or three, but this is what I know. If I don't deal with bad seed that comes up when he's two or three, it's going to be a whole lot different when he's 14 or 15. Moms and dads, that's free. Lay hold on that. But if I'll deal with that seed that I hold on a minute, that's not growing in your life. You may not like me right now, but I know what that will become if we don't deal with that. And so while you're two or three, I'm going to obey the word. All right. Foolishness is in the heart of a child, but a rod of correction will drive it far from him. Now, I'm not talking about beating kids. You understand. They have a place where my hand went perfectly and it helped drive some bad seed out along the journey. Now, we we divert. Let's come back. So seed, seed comes up in a life and you and I are always planting seed. On the job, when there's a conversation that's taking place and words are exchanged and maybe a, a touchy subject comes up and, and I begin to put my two cents worth in. I'm really putting my two seeds worth in. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm planting and I'm revealing something. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, what? 
The mouth speaks. And so in that place, in the workplace, or in, you know, just me and my, my buddy in the car, and we're having a conversation, and something comes up, an interesting topic, and we begin to, well, this is what I think. And, I, and I'm planting seed. I'm planting seed. My conversation, my lifestyle, my interaction, my action. Every, seed, seed, seed. You understand every part of life in an exchange. There's something that happens. This is why the writer of Proverbs said, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. What does he mean? I'm, i got to guard what gets planted in there. i got to go. Hold on a minute. I don't want any part of that conversation. Sorry you feel that way. You know, let's just see. Let's talk to God. See what he wants to do. And let, let's move on. I don't want to open my heart and get some seed in there that shouldn't be in there. Seed. Because seed's powerful. Seed's powerful. But if I get the wrong seed in there. Man, I, you know, when I was young, I don't know how your mind works. Probably not like mine. You should say, thank God. When I was younger, I, I used to think like, what? Like, what happens if you plant the seed upside down? <laughs> uh, anybody else ever ask that question? Thank you. All right. Nobody else. See, y'all just. Uh, d- d- I'm just marveled that nobody else asked that question. I don't know if I should feel really smart or really dumb. But <laughs> some people are saying not smart. Right? No, I, but I, I wonder, like, like the, the, does a seed have an upside and a downside? Or, I, I mean, is it, you know, they're shaped different. Is there a top and a bottom? Or, no. Obviously, we understand when you put it in the ground, it dies. It breaks open. It germinates is the word that's used, right? And then it begins to grow. But you know what? It always seems to know which way's up. Is this true? Why is this true? But why does it always know? Why doesn't it grow deeper in the ground? Why does it know to come through the ground? How does it know to come up? How does it know which way's up? How? The sun. Aha. The sun. You guys are like, man, I didn't come for science. Stay with me. We understand the things that are not seen by the things that are seen, the scripture tells us. We need to understand this about seed. Anybody here besides Jacinto ever plant a garden? All right. Lots of us. I knew he had. I should have had him come teach this part. You know, my grandfather, when he plant gardens, he would make his rows. They were perfect, beautiful. He'd put the seeds in. And then he would put these little sticks at the end of every row. Right? And you know what he'd put on those sticks? He'd put the little package... That the seeds came out of. Why would he do that? So he knew what he planted where. Why? Wouldn't he know when it grew? He would, wouldn't he? The thing was, he was trying to remember what he planted, where he planted, before it grew. You with me? See, the thing about seed... 
is when it's planted, it can be there and it can be underground and no one knows what's planted until it comes to the surface. It's the power. It's also the danger of seed. If it's not good seed. See, if the, if the good man who had sown good seed could have seen in the ground, he would have known that tares were sown also. He didn't know. He didn't know until it came up. You with me? And so we don't always know what's planted until it comes to the surface. How come it comes to the surface? Light. Light. And I was talking to the Lord, minding my own business a few days ago. And the Lord starts dealing with me about this. I'm praying about my heart. I'm praying about your heart. I'm praying about our heart as a body of Christ. I, I'm, I'm talking to God about these things. I, I'm praying David's prayer. Search my heart, O oh God. Know my thoughts. Try me. See if there be any wicked. I, I'm, I'm, I want a heart. That's, I'm praying about the seed that's in my heart. And, and as I'm praying and talking to the Lord about this, this is what I felt like the Holy Ghost said to me. Seed that's beneath the surface. The light will always cause it to break the surface sooner or later. Light always reveals the seed that's been planted. Whether good or bad, light Causes the seed to show what it really is. It can only stay beneath the surface so long. But when there's light. Light begins to cause the seed to push through. Light always reveals what's in the seed. Now that's a wonderful thing. As long as it's good seed. But that can be a difficult thing. If I've got bad seed in my heart. But guess what? Light still will cause even bad seed to come to the surface. And the beauty of that is. If I'll run to the light. There's power in seed. It's, it's why... It's interesting to me that things can get planted in our heart. And if I'm not careful, I'm like, oh, no, I've got it. I've, I've got it taken care of. It's, it's fine. I've, I've dealt with it. I've, I, it's okay. Well, if I haven't allowed the Spirit of God and the Word of God to reach into my heart and truly deal with it and extract that from my life, then really all I've done is pushed it a little bit deeper. And sooner or later, that seed's going to germinate and begin to push up. And the challenge there is that once it's pushed up, it's also been pushing down. 
And so now it's not just a seed that maybe the Spirit of God tried to reach in and extract from the soil of my heart. Now it's a seed that's broken open and pushed through the ground, but it's also dug down and gotten some roots in my heart. Are you with me? And now it becomes more difficult, more challenging. It's the power of seed, of seed. Now, I want good seed sown in my heart, don't you? And I want to be sensitive to recognize if there's seed trying to get in that's not good seed. I want to lay on an altar every day and have God examine the soil of my heart, search out my life, search the soil of my spirit, God, see what's in there. Shine the light. If I've buried it and I'm not aware, then, Lord, if you've got to cause it to break through the surface, do it. But let me dig it up as soon as it breaks through. I don't want to just go, yeah, no. Anybody ever seen a garden with no weeds? Okay. I've seen gardens with no weeds. Usually it's on the first day. Right? And, and you have the best intentions, right? A few of us last summer went out and helped pull weeds at Brother Jacinto's garden. You have the best intentions with that garden. And you pull weeds. and you. But man, then it just seems like you can't keep up. If anybody's ever had a garden, you know what I'm talking about. Right? I was trying. And then you're like, let me just get the ones that are close to the plants. Leave the ones in the middle. And you, and you, and you know what? It's, it's sort of funny and we do that. But that happens in our life too. If we're not careful, we'll begin to go... Eh, you know what, I, it's okay, I'll let that be, I'll let that be. And I'll not go back to my place of time with God, the altar before the Lord. Day in, this is why we need a daily altar that we die on. And I'll ignore it, and, I'll, and weeds will come up, and seeds that got planted that should have never been in my heart got in there somewhere along the way. A conversation, a grudge, an offense, a little bit of bitterness, and a seed got planted. And rather than me deal with it, then it came through the surface, and it was a weed and I could have submitted it to the people of God and the body of Christ and to the Lord. I could have brought it to him. And he would have said, let me help you. And it may have been a little painful when it was small. But he could have reached and plucked the weed up. And it would have been good for my heart. And it would have, you understand if I don't deal with it, that weed begins to choke out the fruit that's supposed to come in my life. But if I leave it alone, all of a sudden those weeds have a way of multiplying faster than you can imagine. And it's what happens if I get bad seed in my heart. And I don't allow the word of God and the spirit of God to reach and pluck it out. If I don't submit myself to a brother and sister in the fear of God that says, brother, I love you, but man, the way you said that, I don't know. It's not trying to be unkind. I'm not trying to be hurtful, but you better check that, okay? Please check that. I'm saying this in love. I, I'm just concerned about what I heard you say. and it, I'm afraid if you don't deal with that, it, it might, might take deeper root and... And if a brother's easily offended, he might get upset at me and go, what do you think? You act like you're better than me. No, 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 no. I'm trying to be careful here. I'm trying to be gentle because I, I don't want to hurt the plant that's going to produce fruit when I try to deal with this weed that's growing here. I'm coming along. You know, is somebody hearing? Are you hearing? 
you hearing? Seed can be so powerful. It's God's design. But I can ignore weeds. I can, and they come from a seed, you understand. We had dumb goat heads out here in this parking lot. I hate goat heads. I get amen on nothing else. Y'all amen that. And, and I'm telling you, several of us men, I'm not the only one I know. And we went out there early on and we would ever so careful. I remember the first time I saw him out there. I'm like, no. And you try ever so carefully to get all those little tentacles that stretch out. You, you scoop them together right nice and, he, and you try to get right to the point where the root is and try to pull it out without getting one in your hand. And, but you know all those little goat heads? You know, they're all seeds. Yes. Sister Priscilla said, oh no. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and you can't keep up, Right? They just take over. I didn't know what goat heads were until I moved here. <laughs> 17, almost going on 18 years ago. I didn't know what they were. We didn't have them in that side of the state. And we didn't have them all the places I grew up in the military. And we had them in our driveway in our house in here. And I'm like, well, what's that? Let me just pull that weed up. <laughs> by goodness, by the end of summer, my whole driveway was green. And it was all goat heads. I'm like, what in the world? All those little things produce seeds. And I, I mean, out here, we'd pull them, we'd pluck them, we'd shovel them, we'd rake them, we'd, man, we'd burn them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've ever done this? And you can't win. You can't win. You know how we finally did win? At least for a little while. We paid somebody. No, that's not the end of the story. That, that's not how we won. I, let me finish. We paid somebody to come here with a truck that has these deathly chemicals in it and to saturate the parking lot before we put gravel down. And it did it. And we all say, praise God. Thank you, Lord. But guess what? That chemical killed all the goat heads. But it also killed anything and everything else that would have grown. I can ignore weeds that are a result of bad seed. Or I can submit my life to God. Say, God, whatever you've got to do to get this rooted out of my life, whatever you've got to do to uproot this, whatever pain it's going to cause, whatever it's going to take to dig down around this, I'm asking you to dig into the soil of my heart and my spirit. But if there's something that's sprung up, God, that's contrary to the kingdom, contrary to your word, contrary to your will, I'm asking you, dig in and root it out of my life. If I don't allow him to do so, 
it will destroy the good seed and what it's supposed to produce. It can begin to choke out. Tears were sown among the wheat. Good seed. The enemy came. We get a glimpse into the enemy's devices. It's like the kingdom. The enemy came and sowed tears. How does that work? Read the word. Sow the word in your heart. Be faithful to the house of God. Let the spirit of God talk to your heart. Get good seed planted. The enemy says, that's okay if you'll just let me plant some bad seed in there too. And when the wheat and the tares sprung up, if we would have kept reading that chapter. We're not going to for sake of time tonight. You can read it later. The servant said to the one that owned the land, should we go and rip up the tares? The owner of the land said, no, no, no. If you pull up the tares, you'll pull up the wheat also. So we've got to just let the tares grow with the wheat until the time of harvest. And then in the time of harvest, when we harvest all, we'll harvest the tares with the wheat, and then we'll separate the tares. Remember, he was saying this, like unto the kingdom of heaven. I didn't plan on going here, but here we are. You know, there was a, a parable that Jesus told of a, a tree that was planted in a, in a vineyard that didn't produce fruit. And the Lord of the vineyard came and said, dig it up. Dig it up. Cast it in the fire. But the husbandman, the husbandman, the one, that, the one that cared for the vineyard, he pleaded with the Lord. He said, Lord, give me one more year. Give me one more year. And if you study the scripture, here's what he said. Let me dig around it and let me fertilize it. What was he digging around it for? He's trying to dig around and get... Anything that would have choked on the roots or hindered the roots, any other weeds that would have got in there and started wrapping themselves. Let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. Give me one more year. Let me see if, if maybe I can, I can salvage this tree and it'll produce fruit. Sometimes people wonder, why don't you just address this certain thing and rip it out? I'll tell you what. If we just latched on to everything we discerned and started ripping it out, it would destroy the wheat with the tears. And God is the good shepherd. And so he gives a shepherd's heart. His heart. And so he says, 
Give me one more year. And so we pray, God, give us one more year with that situation. Give us, give us a little more time with that circumstance. Give us a little more time and we'll dig a little more and we'll, we'll try to fertilize a little bit. God, give us just a little more time. And, and God, let your spirit reach in just one more time. Let the mercies of God reach one more time. Let the love of God reach one more time. Let the desire of God reach one more time. Do what you got to do, God, to turn the heart and turn the soil. God, maybe we can just turn the soil. Give us one more season. Maybe, maybe one more winter will be what it takes to kill off those things that keep coming to life. And we can prune and cut back. And then when we get to spring and we can dig around and fertilize. And the seed, the word that's been planted can cause to bring forth. Give us another year before we just root it out and cast it into the fire. That's the husbandman. How did all that start? How did, how did it end up there? Seed. Bad seed. I let stuff get in my heart and I didn't deal with it. I let something get in my spirit and I didn't deal with it. I got cross with my brother or my sister and I didn't deal with it. God gave me an opportunity to forgive the way he forgave me, but I didn't forgive. God gave me an opportunity to release it and cast it on him and be free from the bitterness and, the, and everything that goes with that. But rather than take it, I just pushed it a little deeper and left it in the soil of my heart. But the light began to shine and that thing's come to the surface and the roots are so deep that I don't know how. There's a way. There's a way. Galatians 6, I'm trying to hurry. Verse 7 and 8, you've heard this before, but I think maybe in this context it'll mark us a little bit. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says, Be not deceived. I could literally say, don't deceive yourself. Self-deception. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man, what? Soweth. That shall he also reap. Verse 8. He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit, notice capital S, sows to the Spirit, things of the Spirit of God shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I have a question for you. What do you want to reap? Corruption or life everlasting? It's a no-brainer, right? It's just a matter of what we sow. It's just a matter of what we sow and what we sow to Am I planting seed that feeds my flesh? Am I planting seed to satisfy my flesh? Am I planting seed to satisfy personal desires of my flesh? Or am I planting to the Spirit? Whatever I sow, that's what I'm going to reap. One produces corruption. One produces eternal life. We want it to be more complicated. It's not. What you plant is what grows. You plant jealousy, guess what's going to grow in you and your children? What you plant grows. 
What you plant grows. I made a statement to my son. I said, you know, you can be right and still be completely wrong. Because if your spirit and your motive is wrong, I don't care how right you are. Talking about seed. Seed. I want good seed, don't you? And I want to plant good seed. I want the words, right? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so I want to plant seeds of life. Now, there's a few things I speak death to. You understand that statement. Not you. <laughs> right? There's some things I speak death to. Enough about already. But life and death are in the power of the tongue. We sow seed. Now, the adversary, we, we are limited by time. The adversary's not. I'm finishing here. Just I was reading the other day, and this started dealing with me. In 2 Samuel chapter 14, 33, we find, we find an interesting story in this if you read 2 Samuel 13, 14, and 15, those chapters, we find the story, a woven story of different people from history. But we find Absalom woven through these chapters in 2 Samuel chapter 13, 14, 15. Absalom, a son of David, very handsome young man, it would seem, based on Scripture. And uh, we find in chapter 13, Amnon. Amnon is a young man that desires a young lady named Tamar and and Amnon has a friend named Jonadab. And, and Amnon's heart, the Bible says, Amnon's heart longed for Tamar. And Jonadab said, what's going on, man? What's happening with you? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm sick for Tamar. I'm sick of love. And, you know, and uh, sounds like teenagers today. And he, he just, he had this heart. And, and he's, see, just some things don't change. And so Amnon... It's true, okay? Uh, my pastor, when I was a teenager, always said puppy love leads to a dog's life. And so I, but I, Amnon, Amnon had a heart for Tamar. And so Jonadab, his friend, said, you know what? You're the king's son, Amnon. And they devised this plan. Amnon acted like he was sick, said, have Tamar come make him some cake so he'll feel better. She does. She comes in the room, and he gets all the people to go out, and he tries to get Tamar to lie with him. And she says, don't do this thing. Why should this be done in Israel? Just talk to David the king and ask him for my hand, and he'll make it so. Just let's do this the right way. But Amnon's head got caught in a moment of lust, sin, and Right, lust when it's conceived bringing forth sin, sin brings forth death, and and got caught, and so he forced her to lie with him. And then it says the the hatred he had toward her was greater than the love he had at the beginning. He told her to get out of his presence. Well, Absalom heard about this, and Absalom didn't do anything; just waited. A couple years go by, seed was in Absalom's heart. Beneath the surface, nobody knew, nobody saw it, just there beneath the surface. One year, a seed turning, working, I'm sure, in his thoughts, in his conversation with himself, probably with other people too along the journey about what Amnon did. Just turning, just turning, just turning. Two years go by. Absalom sees an opportunity 
gets David to let some of his sons come to his house. And Absalom gives the word and his servants jump up and they kill Amnon. The result of a seed that had been in Absalom's heart. Now it's interesting if you read those chapters 13, 14, and 15. We see this pattern with Absalom where he didn't guard his heart and he let seed get in. And he just continued to entertain the seed. And what started out as killing his brother became far worse if you can imagine that. Because after he killed his brother, he fled for his life because he knew, although his dad had been very angry, the Scripture says, with Amnon, he did not want him to be killed. And so Absalom fled, and time goes by, and Joab, one of David's servants, recognized that David's heart longs for Absalom, and so Joab connives and gets away and gets Absalom back. Long story short, read those three chapters in 2 Samuel 13, 14, 15. Has Absalom come back to where they are there in Jerusalem, and Absalom returns, and but he doesn't get to see David, and so he sets Joab's fields on fire, and Joab says, what are you doing? He said, I want to see my father David, and so he gets him to his father David, and at the end of chapter 14, verse 33, we see Absalom now back in front of David after some time, and he's there, and David kisses him, so he came to the king, told him, and when he called for Absalom, he came to the king, bowed himself on his face to the ground for the king, and the king kissed Absalom. It's the first time he saw his face after some time, after all this took place, and he'd fled. Now he's back. Now watch the next chapter, 15, verse 1, which is right after that. came to pass after this, Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him, verse 2. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside, watch, watch, watch. Absalom stood up early and stood beside the gate, right? Got up early, stood beside the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy, a problem, came to the king for judgment, Absalom called to him and said, of of what city are you? He said, your servant is one of the tribes of Israel, verse 3. And Absalom said to him, see, your matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Or there's nobody that the king's got for you right now. Things are a little busy. Now watch, verse 4. Absalom said, moreover, oh, that I. We're made judge in the land. Aha, now the motive of his heart's revealed. Oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which has any suit or cause might come to me. And I would do him justice. Now watch, I want you to see something. Absalom's got a seed in his heart. And what he's doing is he's sowing that seed in other people. Now he's using deception. King doesn't have time for you. Doesn't have a man to talk to you and hear your problem. But if I were the judge, I'd have time for you. If I were the man, I'd have time for you. Oh, if I were the judge, I, I'd, I'd listen to you. I'd make sure you were heard. David just doesn't have time for you anymore. That's what he was doing. He was sowing seed. And it was so that when any man came nigh him to do him obeisance, he put forth. I want you to stay right here for a minute. He put forth his hand, took him and kissed him. So it wasn't just going, it's okay. Absalom was like, come on, man, you need to come, come right here to me. Come right here where you are. Just wait. If I were the judge. Now watch what happened as a result of this, verse 6. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel. That came to the king. 
for judgment. The enemy was sowing seed. And he knew what he was doing. Do you believe that? Watch. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. How did he do that? By sowing bad seed. I have a question. How long did he do that? A year or two or three or four? Verse 7. You see that? Forty years. Do you think he affected any lives in 40 years? I know people who got a bad seed in their heart that 40 years later, it's taken over their life. I could give you names and examples. Not in this room. That I know of. Absalom did this for 40 years. What's the point? The point is the adversary sowing bad seed. He doesn't care how long it takes. He'll keep bringing it and bringing it and bringing it. And you can read the rest of the story. He finally decided, you know what? It's time. I got all the hearts of Israel. He asked his dad, deception. Could I go to Hebron? Hebron was the place where kings were anointed. Absalom went to Hebron and he called all the people to himself to make himself king. And the motive of his heart was revealed from the beginning. I want to take the throne from my father. And he did it by planting seed for 40 years. Why am I sharing that? Stand with me, please. Because we see therein revealed the devices of Satan. Why is it that he'll bring a thought your way and try to plant it there? And you'll fight it off. You'll wrestle it off. You'll go, no, no, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not. He'll give it some time and he'll come back and he'll plant another thought. Trying to, trying to. Get seed in the soil. It's the power of the seed. Now, if we stop there, you would all leave with this sad and heavy heart. I don't want you to do that. I want you to be warned. And I want us to submit our heart to God. But watch. Matthew or Mark chapter 4 and 26. Mark 4 and 26. Watch what the scripture says. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. Jesus is speaking again. There's those words, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. I'm paying attention, right? So is the kingdom of God. It's as if a man should cast seed into the ground. And should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring up and grow. And he doesn't know how. Jesus said, that's like the kingdom of God. We don't know how. We just sow seed. We just sow the good seed of the word of God. We don't know how, 
But as we continue sowing day and night, we go to bed, we get up, we sow seed. We go to bed, we get up, we sow seed. And the kingdom of God, all of a sudden, it comes up and it grows up. It's like, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Good seed got planted day in and day out. When's it going to produce? I don't know. But I'm just going to plant good seed. I'm just going to plant good seed. Some seed, she's not here tonight. I keep picking on her every time she comes. That might be why she's not here tonight. But... um, Aurora, we planted, Sister Yesenia, she's probably watching or she'll see it. Sister Yesenia, sister, we planted seed 10 years ago. Nothing ever came up. But the seed was there. Good seed. Good seed. And just in the last few months, that seed's come up. And a hunger for the things of God, the beauty of the joy of the Lord, and a hunger for the word of God and telling others. And it's affecting her whole family. Why? Because seed got planted years ago. Good seed. It's the power of seed. Good seed. Watch the earth bring forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. This is the result of planting good seed. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Verse 30, and he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? He's bringing them back. wants them to see this is like the kingdom. Or with what comparison shall we compare it? This is what you should compare it to. It's like a grain of mustard seed. When it's sown in the earth, it's smaller or less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it's sown, it grows up, becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out great branches so that the fowls of the air can lodge under the shadow of it. How is it possible? Here's how. One seed. Good seed. Jesus said, if you and I have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, that we could speak to the mountain to be removed and cast into the sea. So what do I do? I guard my heart against bad seed. But I lay hold on good seed. And I pray, get it in my spirit, Lord. It just takes faith like just a grain of a mustard seed. And you understand, there's one parable where he shared, if I'll get faith like a grain of a mustard seed, I could speak to the sycamine tree to be plucked up at the root. He was talking about a seed of offense that had gotten in a heart and spread and filled the life. But he said, if I'll have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, I could speak to the sycamine tree to be plucked up by the root. And it would be plucked up and planted in the sea. Remember I said there is a way if that bad seed got in and took root. The way is to get a seed of faith. And let the seed of faith take root. And then speak. To that rooted in bad seed. And the scripture says it would be plucked up by the root. You can speak a word of faith. Would you talk to the Lord with me right now? Would you talk to him about the soil of your heart, the soil of mine? Could we say, God, search out my heart. I want good seed. I want to plant good seed. I want to harbor good seed in my heart. I pray, Holy Spirit, let the plow of your word be set deep in the soil of my heart. Let it turn the soil of my heart. That every seed of my heart would be examined in the light of the word of God. And God, by your wisdom and by your grace and by your spirit, if there's seed in my heart that's bad seed, I pray, holy God, root it out, dig it out. Uh, Father, 
I understand where some has grown. It can be painful for the uprooting. But I'm asking you, Lord, I'm asking you in your love and your care, you're a God that will not destroy those of a broken spirit and a contrite heart. So I come and I say, dig into the soil of my heart. Uproot anything, God, that's a bad seed. I want the heart to produce good fruit. I want good seed in the soil of my heart and my spirit, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, search my words, search my lifestyle, examine my actions, God, that there would be the producing of good seed and good fruit, that I would be a planter of good seed. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Come on, it's the love of God and the mercy of God that reaches to us, that causes us to consider what we've allowed to be planted in our life, what we've allowed to be planted in our spirit. And it's the love of God that says, let me reach in. Let me begin to root out where I need to. And let me plant good seed. Let me nurture the good seed in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I heard somebody say, just here as we were praying, why am I not producing fruit? I felt like the Holy Ghost said, it's not because you have bad seed growing. It's because you have bad seed that's trying to, that's choking out. But if you allow the Spirit of God to deal with that seed before it grows and becomes out of control, the good seed that's already there will produce fruit. It'll produce fruit. It'll produce fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. 100 fold. That's the power of the seed. Now, if a seed can produce 30, 60, and 100 fold, that's dangerous if it's bad seed. But if it's good, do you understand how many lives he can use you and I to impact in the earth by letting the good seed of the word of God get in our heart and live? And that's his desire. That's his desire. That through you and I, he would impact the earth. Through every one of you in this room tonight. Lord Jesus, we submit ourselves to you. We submit our heart and our life, our mind and our spirit to you. I pray let the seed of your word be planted deep. I pray let the working of the Spirit be accomplished in our lives for your glory and your purpose. Let the design and the desire of God upon every individual be accomplished, that you would be glorified, that your name would be magnified, that your will would be done. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for opening your heart and spirit to the word of the Lord tonight. Would you greet somebody? Amen. We will see you Sunday, if not before.
Amen. Come expecting, come prayerful. Amen. Parents and young people that are considering youth convention, parents and young people and or those that are considering being chaperones for youth convention, maybe we could meet you right here on the platform. Maybe we could meet you right here on the platform. Thank you. God bless you.